This is The Basketball Show with Shane the Hammer Heel. What they gonna say next? Yes, we are back for another season. Cannot wait to get <laughs> stuck in. Finally. We've got new faces, new segments, and it's all thanks to TCL Mobile, 2K, and Bet with Joel. Great to have them on board this season as well. I'm Joe Healy, the star of the show. I don't know about that. Shane it's Hill. a team effort here. Don't worry about that. But it seems like it's taken forever to get back on the desk. I'm excited. The NBA started. It's so been a long off-season, it feels like. Yep. Plenty happening. How have you been? Busy, by the sounds of things. Uh, well, we've been through lockdown here in Sydney, so that wasn't pleasant. But, uh, you know, most of the country's been through that. So we're glad to see the end of it. Definitely. And uh, all positive about the future. So good things happening. Are you Coach Heel or Coach Hammer? Or just Coach? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know what they call me. It's probably not that. But uh, we have <laughs> been running a little bit. You probably don't want to know what they call you behind yeah. your back. <laughs> they will be fit. They will be fit. Look forward to seeing them. There'll be plenty of WNBL discussion, along with the NBL, the NBA, and any other basketball issues. Uh, you guys will be able to see us across all of the News Corp platforms on KO Freebies and Twitch as well. So no excuse not to tune in to the basketball show. Let's get straight into it, though, with In the Spotlight. We've started some movements here yeah. on the show. Stop yeah. the flop. Being that was huge. Being Stop a, the flop was being huge. An we made example. a difference there. What's well, our mission this year for overall team spends in the NBL to be made public? Because it feels like it's really important for the fans to understand the discrepancies between how much the teams are spending on their players and their performances on the court. Talk to me. That's it. In yeah, a nutshell. That's, it. That's, the, that's the movement. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, right? Exactly. We want to know what the teams are spending. I think fans, you know, if, if you're up there in Cairns and let's say you've spent this much and you're playing against another team that's spent that much, you understand you still want your team to win. And as a coach, you know, it doesn't matter what you've spent. You're still aiming to be able to win a championship. But I know that even just with our club, even though we're going to, you know, not be at the highest level of spending and young, but you're still trying to win a championship. But the fans deserve to know what each team spent. And I think it should happen in the WNBL. I think it should happen in the NBL. So everybody has that clarity on where expectations should lie. Yeah, completely agree. Not sure how we're going to make this happen. We'll just keep petitioning here on the show and hopefully people start taking notice and listening. Put pressure on the NBL exactly. to say, let's go. Exactly. And, and there's taxes involved. So we want to know, you know, who's paying luxury tax. So then that, you know, feeds back into the overall. Um, do, we go, do we go a step further and ask for individual player salaries as well? Well, why not aim are... here and accept here? Yeah, true, so true. that would be good. Yeah. I, I think There are plenty the of leagues around the world where we know that happen. information. That's not going to happen. I feel right. like there'll be some team owners that yeah. are well, absolutely freaking well, at the thought. And, and the reason being is players won't want it and the Players Association is relatively strong. So I they know, won't if want I, it. If I was a player and I thought that I was being paid mid-range, I would want to know what the next player Yeah, but if and... you're a high-level player and you're not performing, you don't want everyone to know that True. you're on a high well, contract. That, and does that not hold people more accountable? But that's good for the fans and good for the media. It's not good for the players. They don't want that. And, you know, the other thing Stop is... the players. No, okay, okay. The, the, but the other thing is then it builds up what everyone thinks they're worth because mm -hmm. if I'm a player and I see player X doing this and I know I'm better than him, then the agents use that to be able to get more. So, you know, I mean, I, I think it'd be fun to know. It won't happen. Just yep. gives team spends. Overall team spends, That's though, will we be will be really good. That's if we can we make that happen at some point this season, we've done our job. Well, it won't happen this year, but 
Or we'll same for next year. We'll, we'll, Never know. We'll bang on about it all year and see what happens. Yep. Fingers crossed. <laughs>
seriously, just mm -hmm. rolling over and it's like Donald Trump. That wouldn't be good, would it? <laughs> but have a look at his get-up. That's yeah. the thing that yeah. I want to look love, we at. We love the get-up. Is he, like, is he subbing in? Is he, he, he looks like he wants to be out is there, Is he subbing he? in? Does he, he think that he's going to be a player? Like, is, we know player coaches don't work in the league. I can tell you firsthand so cool. that that just doesn't work. I like it. You do not. Stop patronising him. I don't like it. It no, looks I like terrible. It. He's killing like himself. It. If he's rocking what? it, it's about the confidence in how you wear it. Do you think he's rocking it? Yeah, if he's confident, then yeah. Do you I guess think he... he's rocking it? <laughs> I like it. I would love, I would love Cut to out, see. Mate. Not in Australia. Do would, what you want in the States, but not out I here. I would love we don't, to see like a, we don't play a Dean Vickerman like that. like that at training imagine, or something. Imagine Dino coming out in the tights like that. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Drewy, imagine Drewy when he was coaching. Yeah, see, how good. Stuff. The big boots too. Something so, talking, about, uh, talking about sort of trying to bring in trends like Gorges, maybe this is the, the way of the future. Yeah, both of those, bump on. No, no good. No, come on. No, um, your shirt, by the way, just oh, for good. everyone who wasn't aware, Hammer had two or three shirts on rotation oh, last year. Oh, but mostly one. They this were all the same colour. My daughter, Straub's, got me this for my birthday and said, Dad, you need to fire up a little bit. Thanks, Straub's. Love your work. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we'll finish off our starting five talking about Josh Giddy. He has taken the NBA, NBA by storm. He's How been good. amazing. He's incredible. You know, the best thing about him is that He's gaming under-16s at Nationals. Mm -hmm. He's gaming under-18s at Nationals. Did the same sort of thing. You know, went to the Institute, um, then played in the NBL. Did the same sort of thing. Now he's playing in the NBA and he's playing exactly the same. His game just translates to the higher level that he continues to go. He'll do the same at Olympics. Yeah, oh no, you, you can tell he's not even reached his ceiling yet. I love, oh. I love the oh. fact ceiling. that he is already becoming. Ceiling. Yeah, no, exactly. He's not even scratching the surface no, yet. Exactly, um, but he's becoming known for his passing. Oh, in in his rookie year, it's pretty unbelievable. He's awesome to watch. His vision, and we saw it with Lamelo Ball last year, who was mm. sensational with his passing. You know, Josh is taller again, and his vision over defences and ability to be able to get in the lane and just find people. But it's the poise that you can't teach. Like, you don't teach that. It's something that he's just had in him. He looks like he's got all the time in the world and uh, he would be a pleasure to play with. His jump shot's improved as well. Looks really good in that level. So he's just going to continue to get better. We love him. We do. We certainly do. It's been great to see him out there in OKC. Actually, doing okay. Yeah, long season, get, it's going to be tough for them. Given where you thought they'd be, the fact that they're even picking up some wins, just good for the confidence. It, it is. But what ends up happening is that the longer the season goes on with a young team, they'll burn out. They're giving everything they've got. They'll yeah. be better prepared. Other teams are just taking their time and getting So the second half of the year is going to be tough, tougher for Josh and that young team mm -hmm. as well. But love everything about them right now. It's character building. Yeah. Breaking all the big news in basketball with Matt Logue. We're time to introduce our regular news buff for the season, and that is News Court basketball reporter Matt Logue. Matt, great to have you on the basketball show. You're going to be bringing us the Logue down every week. What have you got for us to kick us off? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped for, for a bumper season in the NBL, and obviously the NBA is underway. And we'll start with a fan favourite, uh, particularly in boomer circles, Dante Exum. Obviously, now he's been a free agent for a while since being waived by the Houston Rockets. And for a, a good couple of months now, we're like, what's Dante doing post the Olympics? Where's he going to sign? Uh, the latest information is that he's been in San Francisco training with the Golden State Warriors, not with the Golden State Warriors, but uh, five-on-five scrimmaging 
with Clay Thompson in a bid to help Clay return from injuries. Had a wretched run with injury in the last couple of years. But Dante has been helping out with a number of other veterans in the NBA uh, at training. And the positive there is that he's in the Golden State shop window. Uh, the, the trade deadline is not until February, uh, Feb 10, in fact. And at least for Dante to be in there around NBA guys, around a franchise like Golden State who are leading the NBA at the moment, I think that's a positive thing. He, he was interested in returning to the NBL uh, with the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, where he is an, a part owner. But in the end, he opted to, to say, no thanks, guys, not at this time. He deserves to be in the NBA. I think we can agree, Shane and Joe, uh, based on his Olympics. He's had a horror run of injuries, but if he can stay fit, I, I'm expecting him to pick up a deal uh, before the trade deadline in the NBA. And who knows? As I said, he's in the shop window there at Golden State. Well, I thought he was going to get picked up for sure. I thought he was fantastic at the Olympic Games, played a huge role in their success and showed that he can play at a world-class intensity without getting injured as well. When he didn't get picked up, I was hoping he was coming back to the NBL to put a full season under his belt, Joe, And uh, but not to be. Maybe it sounds like a good option, so we wish him luck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, Matty, uh, Matt Walsh has been rubbing a few people up the oh. wrong way down there in Melbourne. Talk to us. Yes, Joe, obviously uh, Matt Walsh causing a bit of a scene down in Melbourne. Uh, the Breakers had their first preseason game against Melbourne United and uh, he was frustrated on the sideline. He was frustrated with Melbourne big man Joe Luala Kuhl and um, he was really annoyed with a foul that Big Joe made. So he left the Breakers box went up to the other end of the court and basically gave Big Joe uh, two barrelfuls about his foul. And uh, sources on the sideline suggest that Big Joe said straight away back, he's, he basically told him to go away in no uncertain terms. So it's, um, yeah, not, 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 not the, the, the best um, look for, for Matt. And, and he was sent packing by the uh, NBL officials as well. There you go. What are you doing? What's he, is he kidding? Is he kidding? He's coming out of the stands to abuse a player on the sideline. I would have told him where to go as well, mate. Get back to your box. It's a didn't, bit much. Didn't... It's a bit much, but also I love a little bit of beef. Oh, no, we, we don't mind the banter. We like that. <laughs> but I'm going to tell him right now. Come on, Matt. Like a couple of years ago, the big dog from the head office, Jeremy, had to go down. They were face-to-face -face too. So this isn't the first time that he's been in the, uh, the naughty corner. There's certainly a, a couple of fiery uh, personalities in this league. <laughs> we love it. You're one we of them. It. You we are definitely it. one of them. Bring it on. All right, Matty, thank you so much for the lockdown this week. Thanks, guys. Well, each week we are going to be crystal gazing into the future with some tips. Matt Logue is still with us. And we're going to bring in the second best skills coach in the country, Derek Ruck. <laughs> D-Ruck, sorry. Hammer told me to say that. How are you, D-Ruck? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very well, Joe. Still still good to see that you're really, really biased. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. You can get used to it for the season, that's for sure. Now, I want to get your tips for the season. Look ahead. I'll start with you, Derek. I want your top four and your wooden spoon. This top four is tough this year, guys, but I've got Illawarra. The gorge factor is going to be enough, and they've got some talent. Melbourne United. Once again, I just think Dean Vickerman knows the league. He knows how to get the best out of his team. They're the defending champions. They'll be in the playoffs. Then it gets tough after that. But I'm going to go with the Brisbane Bullets. And then completing the four is going to be the Perth Wildcats. Now, I know we've got Coach Scomo out there in Perth, Shane. 
But I think there's enough history there. They've got enough players. And, of course, they've got the best player in the competition, Bryce Cotton, to make his transition to the NBL much easier. I'm always a bit doubtful when, when American coaches come over, as we've seen over the years. It doesn't necessarily mean success. But I think the Wildcats have a lot of things going in their way. Um, they still got enough of the infrastructure there from the personnel, Shane, that they should be a very tough beat this year. And I see them I see them getting back to the grand final. I'm going to go beyond the four. And finally, my wooden spoon, I'm going to give it to the Cans Taipans. I think they'll just edge out the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. But uh, those games, when those two play each other, should be very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a tough season for them, I think. Now, Maddie, what about your top four and wooden spoon? Yeah, I think it'll be the closest season on record, but I'll start. I'll, I'll lead off with Perth. I think while there'll be a new coach, um, Scott Morrison, it will take time. I think I can't doubt them with Bryce Cotton. I think Vic Law will be a, an awesome addition, and I think that the Wildcats' home court will give them um, a lot of wins, and that that'll get them there. Uh, they're the top. Uh, I've got um, in, in second place. Um, I've got the Illawarra Hawks. I think under Gorgian, um, he'll have them um, ready to fire. I think Dewop Reef. He's a huge signing. I think uh, Gorgian recently said that Duop will revolutionise the league, and I have no doubt he will. I think um, it, we all saw him with the Boomers, and he was quiet off the bench with limited minutes. But uh, I think that the big man will have a presence in the paint, and he can shoot um, from range as well. So I'm expecting uh, the Hawks in second spot. Uh, in, in third, uh, Melbourne United. I know there's some doubts around that roster, and I've got some doubts myself. Um, it, it's ageing. I think Matthew Delavadova won't necessarily be that offensive threat, but what he'll bring are so many other qualities. And, and I still think Dean Vickerman is arguably the best coach alongside uh, the great Brian Gorgian. And then in th uh, fourth place, I've got the Phoenix. Uh, I think Big Joe Chi. Uh, I think the key for the Phoenix, though, to making it, will be um, their, their fitness. The injuries in the last couple of years have crueled them, and I think Mitch Creek and Ryan Brokoff particularly, they need to be fit and firing. And if they are, then I think they'll make the fall. But for, for, for me, the, the, the winner out of it all will, will be the Illawarra Hawks. And my spoon, it's just, it is hard to go past the Cairns Taipans. I think a lot of people will be saying the Jack Jumpers, given it's their first season. But for me, the Taipans just lack that, that star power. Machado was disappointing last year. I think we've seen in previous seasons when Cam Oliver was there that that, that was the star power they needed. And, and I'm just not sure about the likes of Noy stepping up and playing in more of a dominant role. And uh, I think they'll be, they'll be a little bit inconsistent. All right, Matty, they were your predictions. Hammer, have you got cans on the bottom as well? <laughs> Clean sweep for cans. They <laughs> get the spoon. And we've got Elliot Goblet up there telling jokes. Derek Rucker saying that Brisbane are going to make the top <laughs> four. Cut it out. And what about the fact that you guys have left the Sydney Kings out? Are you serious? Have you seen the depth? They haven't even played with a full roster yet. I think Chase Buford's going to be uh, a revelation here in the NBL. I think you're downplaying what he's doing. But have no doubt that the Illawarra Hawks are going to probably be the top team in the competition. In my mind, uh, Gorge has proven to be the best coach over a long period of time. And the fact that he only snuck into the playoffs and then they bombed out... He would have been hurting. So he's retooled. There's no doubt Tyler Harvey is a better two-man than a point guard that he was last year. They're going to be deep. They're going to be tough. Uh, I think South East Melbourne make the top four as well. And there's no doubt that the Perth Wildcats, you know, there's going to be home cooking. They'll get enough wins over there to get it done. Vic Law's a great pickup. And uh, they've got the best player in the competition in Cotton. And uh, that's my top four. 
All right, there you go. I think I've got Cairns on bottom as well. My top four, Wildcats, Hawks, Phoenix, and I've gone with the Kings as well, so long as they can stay injury-free. The Breakers were another one that I, I would have liked to have put in there too. But for me, I think Phoenix... Mm. Their depth this season is going to be huge. Matt, you mentioned that they've got Mitch Creek and uh, Ryan Brokoff. Xavier Mumford has come in. I think he's going to be really impressive. And Joe Chi, he is a weapon. He's not a big, stocky guy, but he is stronger than you think. And he is huge. He's going to get that many offensive boards and they'll have that many cheap points from him. So, yeah, for me, I think the Phoenix will be uh, pretty hard to stop as well, guys. Well, thanks to 2K, we are going in-depth again this season. And what better way to kick things off than with one of our favourite Aussies, Joe Ingalls, joins us now. Joey, hello to you. It's been quite a few months since we last saw you. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, like you said, it's been a busy and pretty amazing last few months. Um, obviously, the, the big part of that being the boomers and not so much heading into pre-season right after that, but... Um, yeah, busy few months and, and obviously right now back in the thick of things in the, the NBA season. So um, it's been good, but it's been uh, it's been pretty busy. Well, we're not supposed to have favourite boomers, but, um, you know, I can't hide it. You know you're my favourite, Joey. I love you. And I uh, had to get you on for the first show because even though it was some time ago with the boomers, we're still pretty emotional about it. I shed a tear. Everyone else had gone to bed pretty quickly. I stayed up and celebrated on my own. And uh, I was very, very proud of you, mate. Well done. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was an amazing experience. And, I mean, you, you've been a part of these teams in the past and, and the culture and the, the reason we play um, and the reason we keep coming back and, and playing more. And, um, again, you guys built this culture back way before I was involved and, we try to do the best we could to continue it and, and, and even take it to another level. And um, I think our, our culture has always been strong. I think we were able to, to build on that, bring some young guys in, get them involved in it. Um, and then obviously with the amount of fourth place finishes we've, we've both had, um, to, to be able to be the, the first team to bring a medal home was um, obviously amazing. We, we had that gold vibe and, and that was it going into it obviously uh, I think everyone's heard Gorge's little little kind of speech about what, what he said um, and leading into that that third fourth game it was I mean being there so many times I, I think for us it was no doubt we were going to win that game we'd prepared um, we prepared for 12 13 years a few of us so um, a hell of an experience and again it goes back to, to I'll call you old guys but but the past players that um, really started and built this thing and, and a, part, a piece of this, this medal is for, for everyone that was before us as well. You mentioned some of the young guys there, Joey. Did you have a, a focus that you needed to really try and hand the baton over to them in terms of that culture, the Matisse Thibels, Dante's, Josh Green's, those kind of players? For sure. And, and I mean, I, I was so lucky when I was young. I, I got to, to play for Hammer as um, my first coach and then getting put in the boomers at an early age and, and rooming with captain at the time, Matt Nielsen, um, and kind of getting, I guess, thrown into the thick of it right away. And then like listening to stories of stories Hammer had, stories Nelly had, um, like Brad Newley, the, the list goes on of guys that I've, I'm, I'm close with. And um, 
obviously I, I'm very well aware I'm at the other end of my career now. I'm not a young 20-year-old and, and having Giddy come into camp and, and still wanting to be involved after not getting picked, having Josh Green and Matisse and, and Jock and um, this, this kind of next generation of young guys, um, it's important for us to pass on what we've learned, uh, what, what the, the past players that taught us and, and, and explain to us about the culture and, and what it means to be a boomer and um, the, the love. And obviously we, everyone knows it's, it's, there's no money involved. There's no um, flashy anything really. It's about playing for your country and, and trying to win a medal. Um, and we were able to do that. And like I said, it's, it's a it's a big it's a big thing to, to be a part of the movements and play, but for us to again build this culture and hopefully kind of get it to continue continue on with 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 the next group of guys is is very important to to myself and Patty and Delhi and those guys. So um, yeah, it was important to have obviously those guys in the team and and obviously to to explain and teach to them what it means to be a part of this group. And I think we talk in the media a lot about guys that don't make themselves available. But a lot of the times, you know, and I try to do it a lot, is talk about the fact that you guys sacrifice so much and there is no money involved and you're away from families for months at a time and on the back of potentially 100 games in the NBA. So mentally and physically you're fatigued. How much more have you got to be able to give after you won that medal? Oh, it's... I've been asked a few times. It, it is like you said. I, I mean, I started in 07 was my first ever invite to a camp and didn't make the team and, and then made the, the Beijing team 2008. So I've been 13 years now. And um, obviously the start of that was kind of NBL in Europe and, and now the last eight years in the NBA. And it, it's funny because even a couple of people over here in the States were like, oh, now that you've... And I did feel a lot of relief. Like it wasn't relief in a bad way is you know I want to run away and never play basketball again it was relief and and the want for more like I I, I still obviously feel like I can compete and, and play at that, that level and and over here as well and the, the next goal is to like Patty said like the standard is is a medal and obviously a gold medal is is what we're aiming for and and obviously we believe with the group we just had then um whoever else is involved in the future, whether it be young guys or the older guys that have been around. Um, hopefully gorgeous back. I heard him say that they're talking and, and kind of going down that path, but obviously we believe we've got more. Um, I still think I've got a lot more to give, um, whether that be all on court, some off court. Um, I think that's still a, um, something that you work out as you go, but obviously I still believe I've got a lot left on court and, um, the good thing was getting pushed back a year with COVID. The, the next one's pretty a pretty quick turnaround. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I'm actually in a contract year here in, in Utah as well, and, and then we'll have next off-season off and have that to, to kind of refresh, and then there's, there's two big tournaments. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, the, the COVID part of it too, like I, I would love to have the, the kids come to a tournament and obviously Renee and... The, the twins will be seven, eight years old by then. So it'd be awesome to be able to, to have them watch me play for my, my country and, and obviously something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. So, um, yeah, you won't, won't get rid of me that quickly. We would love to see you in Paris as well, Joey. Now, I want to ask you about the NBA season. You're 11 and 5, I think, with the, the Jazz at the okay. moment. Three in a row. You've made a couple of additions. Hassan Whiteside's come in, Rudy Gay as well. Are you a better team this season? Can you go a step further? 
Yeah, we're, we're definitely deeper. Um, we are actually talking about it on the plane the other day, flying back from wherever we were. Um, like, it's tough when you are in such a deep team. Like, we're 10, 11 deep on, on any night. And the hard part of it, the, the good part is obviously you win a lot of games and, and all that. The hard part is you've got one ball out there and a lot of guys that can affect the game in, in so many different ways. So, um there's games, I said it to the media the other day, like I had, I think I had four shots one game and they were asking me if I was being passive and it's like, well, no, we've just got, if Donovan's hot or Mike Conley's hot or JC off the bench or something, like it, it's just the way it is. Um, Rudy Gay came in his first game with seven of eight and 21 points or whatever. So it's, it's very different um, in terms of being able to sacrifice and be, still be happy to play and, and play a role in a good team. So um, anyone that knows me knows I'm, I'm more than happy to sacrifice. And, and at the end of the day, if we're winning, I'm, um, I'm pretty happy. So, yeah, we, we've got a, a good team. We've got a good shot at it. And um, obviously a, a long way to go. I think we're, we're 15, 16 games in and um, back at it tomorrow against Memphis. So, um, yeah, we'll just keep trotting along as we go, get better as the season goes on and, and hopefully um, a, a lot deeper push than last year. So we're talking about a big year for you, championship, extended three-year contract, and then buy the Sydney licence in the NBL. Is that what we're talking about? Let's just cut to the chase. I'd have to, uh, I'd have to fight Bogut for it, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> He's already um, got one. Yeah. Uh, no, it won't be Sydney. If that, that's, I can promise you that. I'll never be living in Sydney, so you can... You can cancel that all out. Greatest of city in the world, mate. The hoop's capital. <laughs> you just got to spend more time here. Hoops capital, Melbourne, baby. Melbourne's a uh, a bit of a joke at the moment, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, as as you know, I'll I'll hundred percent be coming out back home. Um, Melbourne is home for us. Um, I have always said I wanted to play in the NBL post whenever I'm done. Um, I am thirty four now, and obviously still feel like I, I have a few years left here and, and we'll see how that goes. And um, I would love to play in front of family and friends um, or wherever that may be in Australia. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Hey Joey, before I let you go, I've got to ask you about the Ben Simmons situation. Just being a fellow Aussie in the NBA, it's obviously been a bit of a disaster with him in Philly. Have you had a chance to speak to him or reach out at all and, and sort of just lend a hand, be a mentor? Yeah, we, we've spoken in, in a couple of messages, um, nothing too crazy, <laughs> to be honest. I'm not going to pretend we've had this like long in-depth conversation, but we, we've texted a couple of times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's tough. Obviously, at the start, requesting a trade um, obviously means he, he didn't want to be there. Um, the, the, the fact that it hasn't happened yet and... The hard part is obviously the team has a bit of power with with wanting to or, or choosing to, to wait until they decide um, that a deal is necessary and, and it can help them. So he's in a tough spot. Obviously, the team's in a tough spot too. And um, at the end of the day, you, you obviously hope he, he wants to play basketball. That's the, the, the key part of all of this, um, wherever that may be and, and wherever he wants to play or, or gets traded to. And um Obviously, you, you wish him all the best because that, that's the, the key point. You want him to be happy. You want him to be healthy. Um, and, and, and you want him to be playing good basketball. So wherever that is for him, hopefully that works out for, for him and for Philly. Um, like I said, it's a, it, it's a tough situation. I've got a 
couple of buddies in in Philly and and not having one of your better players is um, it's hard on them as well. They obviously want to win. They've got a good team and um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But obviously, um, if he ever wants to reach out and, and talk more, um, we're all here for him. Hopefully, those talks can continue on to him playing with the Boomers. But um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. And um, hopefully, he's not there when we play Philly again so we can hopefully get a, another win. <laughs> Well, Joey, uh, we appreciate you, mate, and all of Australia is proud of you for what you've done with the Boomers and uh, so many people following Utah Jazz now because of you as well. So good luck for the rest of the season and hopefully we catch up during the year. Appreciate it, man. And obviously I'm always happy to come on your show. You're my one of my favourite people and coaches so, and Joe as well. But um, yeah, <laughs> Thanks for throwing in that in there at the end there. Appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks, it. brother. You guys are awesome. <laughs> love love to the fan, mate. Thank you. See you later. Appreciate it. You too. All right, let's keep things moving with points made. Thanks to Bet with Joel. Now, Derek and Hammer, I want to talk to you guys about the Ben Simmons situation with Philly. It's an absolute mess, but it's turned into a really sad scenario because it's almost overshadowing the fact that Ben is such a good player out there, but this is what he's probably going to be remembered for largely. Derek, what is your take on the situation and, and where you think he should play? Should he be in Philly? What, what's your take? Well, I think, Joe, he should get back to Philly and start training with the team, despite the fact that he's probably not ever going to suit up again for the Sixers in a uniform. But here's the thing. Sacramento just fired Luke Walton. There's some disappointment. There's some disarray out there in Sacramento. And the Kings have some players who are ideal for a Simmons trade right now. If, we look, if you look at how Philly's playing, they're doing a good job without Embiid at times. They've got a good backup now with Andre Drummond, the backup Embiid. If they could get a few more pieces, especially a point guard in De'Aaron Fox and move Simmons to Sacramento, I think they're in a situation, Shane, where they could be a real threat. And I know Daryl Morey may have spoken out of turn by saying we need a player of equal value. Well, Morey, we know that is not going to happen. you got to take what you can get and let everybody move on, Shane. Well, it's sad. It really is. And, and right now, Philly yeah. and Ben deserve each other because they're both to blame. Like last year, I felt Embiid and Doc threw Ben under the bus when, uh, you know, Ben didn't have a great series. The fans, Bernie Singlet in the streets. So he's sitting back saying, I'm never playing for these guys again. And pride does that. Um, and then they hold out and try and get a much bigger value for the trade than what they could have and what they should have. They just needed to be able to get a deal. And now the 76ers suck. Um, they need Ben. Ben doesn't want to play there. And no one wins. You know, at the end of the day, now Ben just needs to be able to get there, do what he does, start practicing, start saying, I'm going to do this for myself to try and make this happen and get to a better place so he can start showing the sort of player that he really is. We want him to be able to succeed, but it's just a bad situation. I think everybody's pretty... So, Shane, you think, you think he should eat everything and go and play for Philly right now? I think what he should be doing is he trying to be the best version of himself. I would hope that he's done the work that we know he needed to do. He needed to get his jump shot right, not to shoot threes, but to shoot free throws and build confidence that he can get back on court and attack the basket and be that dominant player that we know he can be. But I'm not sure that he's done the work, and he's certainly not doing the work in a team environment that he could have been doing through camp and after that now and trying to build some sort of value back so he can get to a place and show his true worth. Well, let's hope that it's resolved soon so we don't have to talk about it anymore. It's been dragging on for quite a while. Now, we're just under a quarter of the way through the NBA season, Derek. Who is your best in the West? 
Oh, that's easy. You know that guy that went to Davidson College? He wears a number 30, Shane. You know that guy? He's the second best shooter in David College, Davidson College history from the three-point line, Steph Curry. He is the ideal pro. He is the ultimate superstar, Shane. And I think we talked off camera before comparing him to Kyrie Irving and how much how attractive Steph is to watch, how great a teammate he is, and how he continually leads his team. People thought the Warriors were down last year. They thought it was a wrap for Steph in that Warriors dynasty. Guess what? They're back. And they get Clay back, they're going to be really tough. Hey, but you know who else is running hot now? Phoenix. And once again, they're led by a very reliable point guard in Chris Paul. As you know, Shane, the point guard makes so much different, such a difference on the team. If he's reliable and talented, it can lift the team above what people think the expectations are. And I agree with everything that you just said. Steph is a freak. And what it makes me think of is KD. KD backed Kyrie Irving and went and played in the Nets. He must be thinking now, what the hell did I do that for? I left Golden State. I left Steph. He has a passion for the game. He wants to work. He's a great teammate. He works without the ball. He's unselfish. Put big points on the board. Sort of guy that you just want to be able to play with. Just positive. And then you look at Kyrie, the complete opposite. But I love Phoenix as well. I love everything they do. They've got the experience of what they did last year. There's no doubt they're going to be better. I love Booker. I love that stubborn mindset of Chris Paul as well. Mm -hmm. They come along. They've got depth. That's a real battle in the West. And don't forget the Jazz as well, gents. So that is the West. What about the East, Derek? It seems like it's a lot tighter on the East Coast. Well, for some reason, Shane jumped over to the East with the discussion of Kyrie and KD just because he needed to stick it to Kyrie. Do you not re do you not remember when Kyrie hit the biggest shot ever in Cleveland basketball history? But anyway, look. Where is he is now? He, he's not hitting any shots now, mate. Where is he? Some he's, have passion to play the, he, and some pick and choose, and that's Kyrie. He's waiting for the Vax laws to change in New York City, and then he'll return and be the man that we all know he can be. Okay. But he has left Durant hanging somewhat. But Brooklyn is still on top of the East. All right? They're a good basketball team, but I don't think they can win it without Kyrie. They're not good enough without Kyrie. This referee change, the way they're interpreting the game and officiating it, Shane, has had an adverse effect on James Harden. <laughs> I don't know what's going on and he can't get to the free throw line, it's either two things, Shane. It's either the referees are in his head or we're seeing the beginning of the end of James Harden as a dominant player. Well, maybe Haran was just bailed out all those years, <laughs> jumping into people and getting free throws, and no one could defend him properly anymore. Now they're starting to adjudicate the game the way it's refereed around the world, and I think it's even better yeah. for the game. I love Milwaukee. I love the fact that the Greek freak has come back. When in the off-season, while others were soaking it up and not necessarily doing the work and getting ready to play, he was out working even though he'd won a championship. He's a pro. He's only going to continue to get better and better, and I think he takes his team with him. I love Miami, though. I just love them. Talk about stubbornness and toughness of what they've got with, with Lowry and, and um, with Butler, these guys. And with so many yep. shooters around them, they play an attractive style. I love the coach. Um, great program. I think they're my underdog in, in the East. Love check that, Howard. You're, you're missing the big story in the East, Shane. Okay. The Chicago Bulls. Been great. Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan. They have a crew, and I know Joe is very high on them. 
Um, I think they're going to be a real threat. They're tough nose. They play an exciting brand of basketball. So for me, it's Brooklyn and it's Chicago. Yeah, most definitely love Chicago, although Miami are my team, so Hammer, absolutely love that you put them up there. And shout out to the Wizards as well. Not necessarily yeah. sure they're going to be there at the business end of the season, but they've had a great start to their season. That is all we've got time for in terms of points made. Derek, thank you so much. We'll see you next more, week. Mate. I've got one more. Oh, go on. Well, just for you, we've got our, our sponsor, Bet With Joel. Joel has come good, and he says the Bulls tomorrow, minus three and a half, jump on early. He reckons it should be minus five and a half. So if you like a flatter, have a look at that. Well, there you go. Lovely to have Bet With Joel on the basketball show and supporting us this season as well. D-Ruck, thanks so much. We'll chat to you next week. Thank you, Joel. See Talk you, to you soon, Hammer. Great to have Bet with Joel on board for the basketball show this season. We, we thank them very much. Also, as always, thanks to TCL Mobile and 2K. First show in the bag. How good. So much to talk about. It's been a long time coming. So much basketball happening. The NBA's been great. Yeah. And NBL coming up. So is the WNBL, by the way. I know. How's your team looking? Go Flames. Go Flames. Oh, I'm, excited. I'm excited for I'm them. shooting three, though. Don't worry about that. I, I hear. Little birdie tells me. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching as well. We'll be back with episode two next week. This is a co-production by News Corp Australia and Closer Sports.